0: And she looks across at the poor sweating gentleman across the table and doesn't even have to say a thing. I am the only person to have walked in space and gone to the deepest point in the ocean. Hi, I'm Kathy Sullivan, and I'm an explorer. Exploring doesn't always have to involve going to some remote or exotic place. It simply requires your commitment to put curiosity into action. will help unlock your ability to live a life of meaning and happiness. So I'm sharing some lessons I've learned on my road less traveled. Over at KathySullivanExplorers.com, you'll find my seven astronaut tips to improving your life on earth. When you sign up, I'll send them to you and also make sure you're the first to discover future podcast episodes and learn more about exciting adventures ahead. Just head on over to Sullivanexplorers.com. If you were heading off on a seven-day space flight, what sort of things do you think you would want in your toiletries kit? Toothbrush is pretty obvious, hairbrush. What other things do you think you would want? Well, when NASA first considered that question with respect to the first women who would fly in space, the folks that answered it were all men. They were men from the Apollo era, carried over and making the early preparations for the space shuttle program. Their first cut at what should be in the toiletries kit was decided long before the Six of Us First Women showed up in the program. And come 1982, Sally Ride is named to be the first of us six who will fly in space. And so a few months later, she reaches a milestone in her training where she's to go over to the facility that packs up all of this gear and inspect and review all of the equipment that's ready for her in flight. Her clothing and where it will be stored, which drawer in the lockers it will be in, her toiletries, her food, the whole nine yards. It's partly familiarize yourself with all your gear and where it will be. It's partly check that we got all the right things in and we've put them in the right place. And little bits of custom tailoring to preferred ways that you would like to have things. Back in those early days, when any one of the six of us was picked out to go do something specific to having first women, We tried really hard to grab a fellow female crew member to come along just to be sure we got two pairs of eyes, two ways of thinking of things, and so the NASA world didn't sort of grab onto this is how every woman would want something. And it so happened that when Sally was heading over for that bench check, as it's called on that day, she happened to spot me and say, hey, come on along, let's go do this together. So over we went into this building that had these two long benches with locker drawer after locker drawer laid out side by side, the real actual lockers that would really end up in Challenger just a couple weeks later, and all of the belongings in each of the drawers so that Sally could go through and unpack and inspect and familiarize herself with everything. I watched alongside her. as She went from bin to bin, T-shirts, flight shirts, pants, shorts, clothing, various things like that. And finally, we came to what NASA calls the personal preference kit. This is your toiletries kit. Everything was loaded in two sort of spring-top toiletries bags of the kinds that used to be common male travel accessories back in my father's day. These were coated in a rough canvas that's signature NASA material. Sally pops open the first one, looks inside, and takes out toothbrush and toothpaste, hairbrush, comb all the typical, really everyday kind of accessories you would expect. She moves to the second one and pops it open, looks down inside, and then looks up and turns to me with this you-have-got-to-be-kidding-me look in her eyes. I lean over to look down and see what's inside. All I can see is a mass of pink plastic, this heavy pink plastic that is, again, signature NASA. Any normal earthling item that's going to be flown on a space shuttle gets heat sealed into this signature pink plastic, and there's a bunch of it inside this toiletries kit. Well, I look back at Sally with a similarly mystified look on my face, and she reaches in and pinches the top of this bits of plastic with two fingers and starts lifting up the contents of this bag. And then she's needing both hands to lift the contents of this bag. It's like there's a snake coiled up inside this bag, a five-inch-wide pink plastic snake. And this goes on and on and on and on. And we're both now chuckling wildly, and the poor gentleman on the opposite side of the bench who are watching anxiously to see if they've got the right things for the first American woman to fly in space— have this really chagrined and kind of anxious, uncomfortable look on their face. The snake that Sally was pulling out of that second toiletries kit was an endless row of tampons, each one sealed in a separate little section of this long pink plastic snake. Now, mind you, Sally's lifting off on a seven-day flight that is going to occur on some random day of a month. There must have been a hundred tampons in that snake. And she looks across at the poor sweating gentleman across the table and doesn't even have to say a thing. They quickly say, We weren't sure how many. And Sally, in her normal wry fashion, just nodded and said, Not this many. That would be too much. So off we went. They solved that problem. I don't know how many ended up in Sally's toilet kit at the end of the day, but I can guarantee you it was well less than 100. And it did kind of make you wonder why they didn't just ask us since we were there. But that's the way it really went. Thanks so much for joining me on today's mission. For more solo shows and deep dives with incredible guests, along with all the ways to get the podcast and much more, head over to kathysullivanexplorers.com.